and this is episode number 104 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of April 5th, 2022. Coming up on today's show, Lightning Lane News, Normal Character Meet and Greets are returning, Hoop-dee-doo Musical Review has a reopening date, and in our main segment, we complete our March Madness Tournament. This is the Circus 71 Podcast. All right, Donna, episode 104, completing two full years of the podcast already. Yeah, I mean, you're acting like that's a big deal, but how long have I been putting up with you? Significantly longer uh, than two years. Two years and like three weeks, something like that. Um, we're probably approaching 20 years, my friend. Yeah. Wow. No. 18 well, years, Amy. Yeah. Yeah, 20, yeah. Yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> anyways, let's go ahead and get to um, the news. First news story this week, which is, oh, this one's a doozy. Walt Disney World adds statement estimating guests could use Lightning Lane for quote-unquote, two to three attractions per day. So they added this new statement to the webpage about Genie Plus estimating how often guests will be able to take advantage of the upcharge service each day. Um, The new edition says, quote, on average, guests can enter two to three attractions or experiences per day using the Lightning Lane entrance if the first selection is made early in the day. Yeah, man, that would be my biggest secret. Well, I think that they were getting a lot of back. Not, I think I know they were getting a lot of backlash on you know I paid for this and I only got to use it for two things, and I think this is Disney's response to it. Like if we're putting it in writing, we are not pulling any punches. You know, two to three per day is what you can, you know, figure you're going to get. I agree. I, I on a and I'm taking this full macro level i genuinely don't understand how you go from fast pass plus where you start with three attractions and can add on as the day goes and at this point it, it can't it can't be a capacity issue um with with the attractions because Almost everything is back online, with the exception of like meet and greets and you know things like that. Um, but that were fast pass eligible. I, I just that's such a one eighty. I just think this is such a terrible look. Well, I'll tell you, I have a client who um, you know was considering dropping a park day, going from X number down to to one less, and said, you know, hey, if we had if we add Disney Genie to the ticket, will that make up for going from, you know, a four-day to a three-day ticket? You know, because we'll have Disney Genie, so we'll get on more. So this question came to me right after Disney made this announcement. And I just, you know, as nicely as I could said, listen, if you really, really, really know what you're doing and you do your research and you, you hound the app, you'll get on more than two or three, most days, most places. But this is what Disney's saying. And if Disney's telling you you'll get on two or three things, you know, quickly each day and you're still waiting standby, no, having Genie Plus for three days does not make up for a fourth park day. 
Right. And, and as uh, as you were even talking, Don, I, I should correct a slight misstatement, I guess you could say, in that um, when I mentioned the, the FastPass Plus with Genie Plus capacity, you do take out two major attractions from each of the parks because sure. they're the individual lightning lanes. So and I do get that. Um, I mean, man, I, I think what they're shooting themselves in the foot with in, in guest satisfaction, just scrap the individual lightning lane concept. Oh, but Jamie, they're making good money on that. Uh, I, I, but think of the uh, the person that you just you just talked about with dropping. They weren't going to add Genie Plus. I mean, yes, they understand they were going to add a, a day to their ticket. But if if more attractions were looped in with Genie Plus, maybe more people would end up buying for that fifteen dollars as opposed to eh, you know what I'll just do seven dollars or eleven or 15, whatever it is for Rise. Or, and you know what, Space Mountain, ooh, that gets included now with Genie Plus? That is, it could be, you know, if you were going to do it for Space Mountain for, let's say, $7. Sure. That makes that difference going to Genie Plus a little bit easier pill to swallow. I don't know. I don't think it's going away unless they totally revamp and scrap the system. Which I don't see happening under current leadership. No, I would tend to agree. Because that's a total putting your tail between your legs and admitting that you've completely crapped the bed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It so. just goes back to, for me, Jame, I know that no one would have been happy about paying for FastPass. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, oh, they just should have done paid, paid FastPass. Everyone would have been so, so happy. Because people still, there still would have been backlash. But honest to God, I truly, truly, truly believe if they had slapped a price point on paid fast, as even if they wanted to keep this $15 per day thing or hell, ooh, oh, can I say that? Sorry, write that down. Yes. Five. No, you're fine. <laughs> I can say that. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, slap $20 on like they are, you know, over in, in California for Disneyland, but put a dollar amount on a system that people were familiar with that worked fairly consistently and that made sense this whole idea of not having anything planned in advance having to get up at 7 a.m to make your first reservation and darn it if you don't you're going to miss out it's just such nonsense and bs and crap and i hate it and i really 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 get tired of explaining to clients like you know listen i get to have a personal opinion and my personal opinion is that i hate it i you know and i tell them all like you know, I live here. I have not purchased Genie Plus for any of my my days to the parks here, but but I sure as heck did purchase it for our trip to Disneyland because that is our big trip to Disneyland, and I think it's going to be helpful for us to have the best time that we can have. So, you know, when you look at it that way, if I'm telling you I'm buying it for my Disneyland trip, maybe you should buy it for World. Yeah, I, I think I totally agree with you that. I mean, people would have been up in arms. I think they had to change the name that I get. Like people associated FastPass with being free for 20 years. So I agree that they probably needed to change the name. MaxPass. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. They could have said MaxPass. Um, I, I just, 
well, they still had Fast Pass out in Disneyland with Mac with Max Pass. Max Pass right, was only Max Pass. right paid. Yeah, it was only well. I mean, the only thing they did with that was being able to use it on your phone. Right. So, I don't know. We shall see. But why don't you go ahead and take the next story? Oh, this one's exciting. So, physical distancing ending. Self-service buffets returning to Disney Cruise Line. Disney Cruise Line has announced that physical distancing will end, except for character interactions, and self-service buffets will return to their cruise ships starting on Friday, April 1st. As we see they're recording on Sunday night, they are back. The full announcement from Disney Cruise Line says... They are taking a phased approach to updating health and safety information protocols on board. Considering recently updated guidelines from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, DCL will update several health and safety measures for sailings beginning on or after April 1st, 2022, originating this is huge, from a U.S. port of departure. Some onboard products experienced that were paused due to physical distancing protocols will resume in a phased approach. Protocol updates, among others, including lifting physical distancing across DCL ships and resuming self-service buffets. Face coverings are optional in most places in the ship, including the Walt Disney Theater. Port Adventures will return to their traditional format where possible. At this time, the Sailway Celebration, the Pirates Pirates Night, excuse me, tech party... (laughs) (laughs) And up close character interactions continue to be paused. Shut up, James. The really interesting thing on this one is to me, I thought it was interesting that DCL came out with this announcement saying that the physical distancing for characters continue to be in, in place, like that that up close continue to be paused when we have a return date of April 18th for that. Yeah, I think that story broke later though. Oh no, it didn't. No, it definitely didn't. Oh, no, why? Because they were doing this April 1st. No, no, I understand that. But it just to me, if you were just reading this independent of the other story, you might think they weren't bringing those those close-up interactions back. But they are as of April 18th. And I'm super, super pumped because we sell the 22nd. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. That, I, you know, I got to be honest, and, and I'm looking more in a Walt Disney World kind of perspective. A lot of the buffets that and you know became like family style i actually kind of like that a little bit better we just ate at chef mickey's for the second time since um for dinner for the second time since the since that establishment reopens and the food's so much better like so much better the quality's so 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 good yeah i i I like the service aspect like i I mean (sighs) I don't know. I, the, um, you know, everybody using the same form me out a little bit, but I I just, I don't know. I kind of like the aspect of like the family style. And I mean, I rave, you know, raved to you about Sebastian's, Mm -hmm. you know, that family phenomenal. And and that wasn't even a buffet before, but you know, I, I kind of, no, I think for certain things like Cape May Cafe, like the seafood bucket concept, I couldn't stand. <laughs> um, and I think they've ruined that restaurant. But, um, you know, for some of them, I kind of like the sit and be served kind of element. Well, you always ragged on Hollywood and Vine when it was a buffet, which I, I never thought it was the best food, but I always thought it was at least edible and you loathed it. But you said you very much enjoyed the Hollywood and Vine uh, plated option yeah you know which you know for you could get 
the same entree if you wanted more of that. So, but I, I think, you know, paring down that menu, you know, made the food quality at least a little bit better. Um, you told me you were stealing all of Val's shrimp. Do you not recall this? Val was pissed. Her, her meal was good. Her, her meal was better than mine. I, I don't know if she well, got Well, whose fault is that? No, she, she ordered the shrimp that I told her to order. It was a shrimp pasta. It was phenomenal. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said it was good. It was better than the buffet. <laughs> slop that they... Anyways. Next story. Disney's All-Star Sports Resort reopened as of this past Thursday, March the 31st. Why this is a big deal It marks the first time all Walt Disney World resorts have been open since 2020, Um, you know, which is a pretty cool thing, you know, that that keep kind of creeping towards normalcy. I always want to say normalcy, but that's definitely not a word. Um, You know, glad to see that it's reopened and finally, finally, finally. Um, everything is is reopened in terms of the uh, resorts because this was originally supposed to be early December, Donna. Yes, yeah, and you know what, Jamie? We need one more thing to happen in order for it to be like yes, all of the resorts and all six parks. Ah, uh, that's valid. Yeah, because we don't still don't know anything about Blue Exactly. Beach. Exactly. And what was that refurb I, that got extended to what the end of April? I'm almost positive that's correct. Okay. I mean, we know based on last week's story with H2O Glow, Typhoon Lagoon will be, um, you know, reopened this summer. But we don't know about Blizzard Beach. It's interesting, right? Yeah, I would agree. All right. So I sort of, you know, let the cat out of the bag on this one. I, for some reason in my pee brain, I thought we'd already talked about this, but clearly we didn't. Or you <laughs> let the mouse out of the uh, pen. Normal character meet and greets returning to U.S. Parks and Resorts Disney Cruise Line beginning my husband's birthday, April 18th, the day after Easter. I can not contain myself. I am so freaking excited (laughs) about this announcement. Um, My son was just the the wrong age during the start of the pandemic i don't i, mean, I don't know what, how to how to say that better right before the pandemic he was starting to get um like a little squeamish around the characters so it was starting to be like okay no strange big fluffy thing danger like i want someone to be between me and and it so either andrew or i or one of my parents would have to be like between physically between him and the character and the pandemic and the closure so you started physical distancing before it was a thing <laughs> There you go. Exactly. exactly. Then the pandemic and the closure. And then when things reopened and, you know, he could wave to them. He was so excited. Like, you know, would light up, you know, the his, you know, he always says Mickey and his friends, you know, I could see, I could see his friends. I could, I could wave to them. Da, da, da. And he started asking when he could see them up close. And then when they reopened some of the character dining things, we did several of those. We've actually done two consecutive years now because the dang pandemic's been been going on. We've done our traditional meal with Santa Goofy at Hollywood and Vine. And he's been, you know, a good distance behind us in, in that, that Christmas picture, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, but Andrew and I kept saying, like, I wonder when it's going back to normal. I when it's, wonder when it's gonna, going to go back to normal. And when they made this announcement, my gut thing was I turned to Andrew and was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. What if Andrew freaks out? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no he's not going to freak out. So today when, you know, he asked to go see Donald because he saw Donald was greeting, he said, I would like to give Donald a nice, gentle hug. 
Hmm. I was like, buddy, you can't yet, but guess what? You can in a couple weeks. And he was like ecstatic. So I'm super, super pumped. I'm probably going to be like hysterically crying as if like I've never seen my kid with a character before. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm so excited to see him get to hug them. And I have a stack of autograph books that I've collected at the character warehouse over the years. I'm like, I'm going to let him pick whichever one he wants and, you know, have the character sign that stupid autograph book. And I, I cannot wait. I'm super pumped that, you know, our cruise happens to fall, you know, the, that Friday, we, the 18th, they come back, you know, to, to normal, um, you know, greeting and the 20th or 22nd, excuse me, we sail. So I'm so excited. Right. And um, it's also important that we should mention um, not all locations will be available immediately. And Disney did say they anticipate a reopening in phases throughout the spring um, and even into the early summer. Um, so I'm, I also kind of wonder like if that means like all meet and greets are going to be reopened at least by early summer. Um, That's the way that that I read it. I think, and this is just me speaking. I have no knowledge beyond, you know, what we've shared and what we've read. Um, I think it would be really tough for them to say, okay, this character, you can hug this part. This one you can't unless they do face characters versus fuzzies. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't explain that well. What I meant was like meet and greets that we don't have right now. Like, are they gotcha. coming back? You know, like, how are they going to? Is that part of the phase? Like, uh, meet, meeting, meeting and greeting with Ariel at Magic Kingdom. Like, is that going to be open by early summer? Or are they just talking like what's open now? I, I don't know. But yeah, I would kind of think that it probably means everything. Um, but uh, speaking of, of the uh, the character dinings, Donna, once again, run to Topolino's for breakfast. Don't walk. I put a alert on Tory Plants. I'll have you know. Oh, good. You sh- it's, it's phenomenal. So, so good. That place is amazing. Both breakfast and dinner I've done there. Highly recommend to anybody. Well, hold on. You need to, to add to that since we're already, you know, totally off the rails here that the the ordering process wasn't exactly the way we thought it was. Like when we were reading it, it seemed like it was one plated thing and and that was it. And there it wasn't, you know, it didn't seem like portions would be that good, but you had a different experience. Yeah. For for breakfast at Topolino's, you can order, um, you know, your main entree or whatever, and then you can get other entrees i think they even let like two per person um basically a side dishes so you could almost try everything on the menu we had multiple um uh, buckets <laughs> essentially of of the pastries that they bring out that aren't even on the menu that are phenomenal um please know. tell our listeners what peyton did <laughs> you're gonna have to be more specific with the pastry Oh, she had it. It was all over her face. I mean, no, she... no. Later in the day. Oh, we they even gave us, you know, because they're going to throw the rolls away. Obviously, can't reuse them. You know, a little to go box. So we put a few of the pastries we're like, oh, these are awesome um, in this to go box. And we put it um, at the bottom of our stroller. Mistake number one was the fact that we put it underneath Peyton's seat. So <laughs> we're walking through Epcot, and a couple of times she dropped something, which is really odd for her. Um, you know, whatever she, I don't even know what she had with her, um, but we kept giving it back to her. And then we get to 
my mom and, and dad who were sitting outside of France. And my mom sees Peyton first because Val and I are walking behind the stroller, obviously. And my mom goes to Peyton, where did you get that? And we get to the front of the stroller. Peyton had reached down to the bottom of the stroller without us knowing, opened the box and got a pastry and decided to help herself. <laughs> I love it so much. As, as only she can. So, <laughs> But yeah. So, For a right. peanut, that girl can eat. Oh, it's for, absolutely absurd. So, <laughs> all right, let's uh, get back on the rails. Dates have been announced for the 2022 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. Returning will be Eat to the Beat, which is the concert series. I'm sure Gerald is excited for Hanson. No doubt. There we go. Uh, oh, it was no doubt he was excited for? No, Hanson. I know, it was a joke. But I'm bummed. <laughs> Remy's so Ratatouille Hide and Squeak, uh, which I absolutely love. So good. Um, okay. And- Another sidebar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were at Epcot today. We saw that they were running both the Flower and Garden map and also an Easter one. Yeah. That was very well done. I I, I don't know that I hit it timing-wise to see them have the both both options out. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do that every... I mean, the 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 one with the, the uh, Spike the Bee, that's terrible. I hate that one so much. <laughs> it's by far... Cute, like um, sandwich holder, though. I missed the first half of what you said. Is that because uh, we almost bought one? We never buy. We like never go in the store, so that's why we. I guess I didn't see it. They had the two um, options, but they had what looked like they were almost like little sandwich cases with characters on them, as one of the prizes. The prize for the egg hunt was a um, uh, not a mug, but but like a. a- a yeah. sipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sipper it was four different sippers. I didn't see anything when we, we did the the stupid spike. Well, we sorted the, the spike the bee, and we got a plate from a festival of the holidays as our prize because we were there like the first day that it opened. Gotcha. Because the other prizes were still on the the boat on the way here, but no, that one's terrible. We're we were very upset that we missed the uh, the Easter egg hunt because I love that. That's probably my favorite sorry yeah um but anyways yeah festival of uh international festival food and wine festival that's what i'm trying to say will run from july 14th all the way through november 19th which is crazy Uh, yeah i mean it's it's unbelievable i still think they should just come up with a summer festival but maybe they're just out of ideas um so more than 25 global marketplaces will be located throughout epcot um earth eats apple seed orchard are returning um as well as a bunch of different ones and finally the eat to the beat concert series as i said earlier will be back as well yay yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> All right. Well, our last story for the evening is a good one. And, oh, Donna, can I let me interrupt for one second? Um, we I have, mean, you may as well. Yeah, I already did. So, um, a it wasn't worth mentioning um, in terms of a full story, but tomorrow, April the fourth, we will get some news about Guardian of Guardians of the Galaxy. So, look forward to that next week seriously 
Cosmic Rewind, the ride in Epcot, not the movie. You done? I think so. Okay. I'm like waiting for you to cut me off again. I was trying to think of something to interrupt with, but go ahead. <laughs> what was the joke about the interrupting moo? Interrupting cow moo. Knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow who? Moo. Well, you should interrupt before I get to the who. I interrupted during the who. I'll bet you did. Take away this last story. Oh my god, it's not even late, Jamie. What's going on right now? Um, Hoop Dee Doo Musical Review returns to Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort June 23rd. After more than two years since their last performance, the iconic Hoop Dee Doo Musical Review will return to Pioneer Hall at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort this summer. Really, really, really excited about this. This is an official announcement from Disney Parks. This is not just speculation or rumor. Um, reservations will be available online starting May 26th for showtimes beginning June 23rd. Um, in the past, it's been two hours of Wild West dance and singing in zany vaudeville comedy. And it was all you can eat. Fried chicken, smoked barbecue pork ribs, tossed green salad, baked beans, fresh baked cornbread, and strawberry shortcake. It sounds like there have been um, some changes to the script and the scenery of the show. Um, I'm guessing they probably made it a little bit um, more, I don't, I don't mean to say more family friendly, because obviously it's, it's Disney, most everything is family friendly. But there were some lines that I remember when we were there probably seven or eight years ago that I was like, whoa, like, they just yeah. said <laughs> so I'm guessing that they've probably uh, toned some of that stuff down. I got to say, I'm a little surprised. I would have thought that this, this show would go the way of spirit of Aloha. Um, but I think it's, it's just way more iconic to, um, you know, Walt Disney world, Fort wilderness, especially um, we've only done it once actually our very first trip um, down the world. We did it, but um, I'm glad to see it's back because I know a lot of people love the show or will be back, I should say. I almost think it was interesting, the timing on it, especially because it sounds like more and more rumors are, are starting to come out that Memorial Day is going to be pretty big on property. June 23rd just seems so random to me. Yeah, I was actually, it's funny you said that because we're there until the 21st. And I'm like, that's a Thursday that they're reopening. It just mm-hmm. seems seems kind of strange. Maybe they have some soft re- I mean, I'm sure they have dress rehearsals at the very least, but maybe some soft reopenings for like the servers and the kitchen and stuff. Yeah, well, they're rehiring people now because they've hired the whole cast. So right, you know, they're in. They're in but the to run that cluster. show, Jamie. To my point, it's not just the actors and actresses or the musicians. It's it's a kitchen staff. It's wait staff. It's cedars. It's right. there's a lot of moving parts with this. Right. No, you're 100. percent And they're going like to dinner show. Up. and they're gonna have to amp up the bus service too oh that's valid yeah yeah we shall see so glad to see that it is back all right donna let's take a quick break we'll be back with the semifinals and finals of our march madness tournament all right donna and we are back with our 
going to be at some point finals for our March Madness tournament. At this point, we are one, two, three, four at our Elite Eight, and we are going to narrow it down to the championship tonight. Which is appropriate because as we sit here this evening recording on Monday the 4th, what is happening in about 30 minutes? The uh, championship in real life, not our fake Disney March Madness <laughs> tournament. No, I honestly did think that was cool when we decided that we were going to record the second half of this episode tonight. I was like, that's kind of fitting. Yeah, I didn't put that together until you said that. But yeah, you're welcome. Cool. All right, so Donna, um, on our brackets, we have uh, the Magic Kingdom bracket uh, up against the Disney's Animal Kingdom bracket. So why don't we start with Magic Kingdom, which I ranked as our number one theme park. Okay. So out of the MK bracket, we have, I still don't know the name of the attraction, Under the Sea, Ariel's Adventure. Oh, God, yes. Because we always want to say Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Right, and that's not it. That's the show. And that was our fifth ranked, according to Val's ranking system, versus the seventh seeded Pirates of the Caribbean. Huh. So, jeez. I'm just trying to think through, you know, the ins and outs. I'm trying not to to rehash the points that we've made when we've already talked about these attractions the other two times we have. But I'm trying to kind of weigh the outside area against the outside area and then the inside area versus the inside because in that way, they're very comparable. Yeah, that's fair. So that's kind of what I'm thinking through right now in my head and thinking, you know, the we're going to call it the mermaid attraction or the aerial attraction. That works. <laughs> Um, I think has a little bit more to see outside. To Andrew's point, it looks like a very cute miniature golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's and it's very pretty in the water. And I know you're obsessed with a one day a year with the hidden Mickey. Whereas the outside of the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction, I don't think there. I mean, there are some things that are nice, like that fountain that sits off to the side, kind of nice, but that's truly just a back and forth back and forth back and forth yeah and that fountain's more i mean that's in like the lightning lane section so you know it's it's almost that should have been in like you know the other side um yeah i if you're gonna break it down that way i would have to go outside goes to mermaid Mm -hmm. inside's harder it is They're, they're it's very different i i think they both set the stage really well um, I'm actually trying to, like, in my head, walk myself through the mermaid attraction. I, I feel like the mermaid queue, once you get inside, is a little bit more cavernous. And I know that's supposed to be, like, part of the, the theming of it. But I don't think it's there's as much to look at, you know, especially once you get past, like, that the... um the scuttle and the, the crab game or whatever that yes. thing is. Um, I mean, it's cool that there's an audio, you know, an uh, animatronic there. Um, but the end of that cue to your point is just switchbacks even inside. Yeah. And they never, I mean, the, the most beautiful room they don't even use off to that, that left side in mermaid. Um, 
But Pirates, on the other hand, I I mean, yes, it is a little bit more, or, or it is, you know, cavernous, if you want to say, but I feel like there's a lot more to look at and is a lot more interesting. Yeah, and then the end of the queue, I, I as you said, walking through it, uh, the end of the queue is definitely more interesting. And, you know, looking around and seeing, you know, the the, the night sky and things like that. Um they're both a little dark and hard for your eyes to adjust there for a second, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, gosh, I could probably be convinced either way, but I think for adults, for our audience, I go pirates. I'm I'm surprised we're having so much angst over this because it seems like it should be such an easy decision. I'm going to ultimately agree with you, and I'm going to put Pirates in as the champions of the Magic Kingdom bracket. But now, if you asked me for kids, I'd go Ariel. Because of the interactive pieces and stuff. Well, there's only just the one, right? The interactive crab, and then seeing Scuttle. Anthony freaking loves that. Sometimes he makes us wait off to the side and let people pass us. Oh, oh, you're counting them as two separate things. Yeah. Okay, I, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Pirates. I'm going to agree and put them in as the champions of the Magic Kingdom bracket. Val's going to disagree, seeing as that she's the one who made the list. Yeah, the, the seventh seed makes it through. All right, we're going to have a tough one here, Donna. Okay. Disney's Animal Kingdom, number one seeded. Expedition Everest versus the two-seated Flight of Passage. Oof. These are both very, very, very well done. I agree. And as much as, you know, and Jamie and I talk a lot on our show about us appreciating the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge area and those attractions while not being fans. The same goes for me for Pandora and Avatar. Right. I did not care for that movie, but holy moly, can I appreciate the attention to detail. Well, you were also 12 when it came out, so. I, you know, I remember this is so crazy to say. When Andrew and I were, and we've been together since 2002, but when we were first dating, we wanted to rent it at Blockbuster. Wow. You know, Blockbuster was a thing. Do you know how many VHS tapes it was? VHS tapes. Two? Three. Was it three? Wow. Three VHS tapes. And I remember we like asked my parents, could we have the TV for the night? And they were, you know, of course, that's fine. And I can't tell you the number of times they came in, they were like, you're still watching this? And we were like, yes, and it's still awful. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then again, be- right before Pandora uh, opens, before the land opens uh, in Animal Kingdom, we borrowed that from our, our friend Tim. And we watched it again because we were like, we were so young, like maybe we'll appreciate it. And we're like, yeah, it still sucks. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, visually, when it came out, that, that movie was amazing. But And I, I also think the land itself, you know, looking back at a, a macro with it is is beautiful oh, one yeah. thing that i do i'm sorry what's that i said oh yeah i totally agree yeah the one thing with that i kind of like i mean from video because i still have never done the standby queue 
for flight of passage. Um, the one thing that I like is that it, you're actually rooms and, and you know it starts in the whatever or one of the rooms is like you know the the pandorian jungle and you know you're in a research lab and then you know it, it's a lot of different things with the backstory of it so i think that is actually pretty cool whereas expedition everest there's different areas different rooms but you they're they're all not distinctive as you know the flight of passage different rooms okay uh another layer i'll add to that is with flight of passage similar to when we talked about toy story midway mania you're then a toy going into toy story midway mania with flight of passage it's the idea of you are going in in order to try to ride a banshee so it's a very transformative experience in that way yeah i agree i Oh, this is tough. All right, decision time. I am going to go with, because I think it's it's cool that they have, you know, actual used pictures and expedition gear, and it sets the story well. I'm going to go Expedition Everest. I totally agree. As much as I'm giving props to how cool Flight of Passage is and, you know, the attention to detail there, to me, Everest was, was the first one that they really, you know, zoned in and, and honed in, excuse me, and, you know, found, like you said, the real expedition paperwork, um, you know, uh, recreate its um, statues. Is that what we want to call them? And like that sure. fountain area, those bells. I hate when kids blast those darn bells, but it's very <laughs> true to the area. Um, just, just the whole thing. When you're talking about a queue, which is what we're talking about, from start to finish, Everest. Yeah. No, I think it's a, I agree. Um, why don't we loop back? So Everest is the winner of the DAC bracket. Why don't we loop back to the final four after we do the other brackets? Sure. Okay. So Disney's Hollywood Studios. Num- this is going to be tough. Number one seeded Toy Story Mania versus the three seeded Tower of Terror. This is tough. And you know what? In a lot of ways, what we were just talking about for Animal Kingdom applies here in that, you know, they paid such attention to detail with the storytelling of Tower of Terror and the courtyard and, you know, the the cobwebs and, and everything like that. But, but to me, the golden standard of any attraction line at Walt Disney World Resort is Toy Story Midway Mania. You walk in, you are suddenly whoop, shrunk down to toy size, and y- you feel it. You know, the, the Etch-A-Sketch in front of you, the the toys on the ceiling. Um, now that Anthony's so into games, he gets so excited. Mama, look, it's life. Mama, look, it's Monopoly. And it's just, uh, it's one of those things where, not to say you don't mind waiting in line, because actually no one likes waiting in line, but it doesn't feel as bad when you're in that attraction queue because it's so stinking cool. All your points are well taken, and I agree. I I think, for me, I lean towards Tower of Terror. I think it it sets up a story, even the queue itself, where it's three separate, really, parts that are so integrated well. You know, the garden area, that, um, you know, the broken fountain, and then into the library. What about the area before the garden, though, Jamie? That's brutal. 
technically that wouldn't count because we said start from the attraction entrance. So I consider the start of the queue, that's just an overflow queue, like outside you're talking about? No, when you first go under, you know, where it has the, the time, the post-it wait, and you cut oh, left. Yeah, I, that's the gardens. Oh, I think that first part's rough until you get up to the fountain area. I don't know, because, I mean, you can still see Tower of Terror, you know, you're in the gardens, There, there's, I mean, it's not overly interactive because that's that's not the point of the storyline but there are things you know that are there it's not as um i guess it's not as overt or, or detailed as like a the um not the great yeah the graveyard area of like haunted mansion mm. um but i kind of assimilate the two of them um in, in what i'm saying and i think if i just pick one specific spot in any queue in world the library or i'm sorry the um lobby of tower of terror is blows everything else out of the water that is a great space and i'm not going to argue that because it is a great space but you're in it for such a short period of time they could cue you in there for longer, you know, back and forth a little bit to kind of enjoy and appreciate it a little bit more. You're in there, you walk in, and then they send you toward, you know, the, the pre-show room. The problem is they can't. Because if they did make it longer, like in that lobby area, they would have to take stuff out. And I yeah. think that would ultimately hurt it. Because they don't, it's just a spacing issue which I, your your point is valid 100 percent. i just don't think there's a solution you know to that um so brass tax my vote is tower of terror so we have a slight problem and that slight problem would be that andrew is upstairs watching the fireworks with anthony oh he will be down in two minutes so we can either table this and talk again or whatever you want to do but the, it's 9 13 the fireworks are done at 9 15 okay i'm glad we started that <laughs> <laughs> to to be continued i suppose um all right well we'll move on to epcot i mean you can go get val but you know what her answer is going to be because she ranked them she would say toy story yeah she gave tower terror three all right, we'll see what Andrew says. I'm okay. doing anything I can to get Tower through. <laughs> All right, Epcot. We have the Seas with Nemo and friends as the fifth seed versus the number two seed, Frozen Ever After. It's so, 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 so funny. The amount of discussion we've had about the others. And this one to me is such a clear, clear, clear winner for Frozen Ever After. I don't even feel like I need to defend myself. Yeah, I have to agree. Although evidently, <laughs> evidently, we have to fill 95 seconds worth of time. Well, no, no. Actually, I it's so funny. Well, not funny that we have to kill time because it's slightly awkward for our listeners. But I actually just yesterday we were at Epcot and we were in the, the queue for Test Track. And I honestly said to Andrew, I was like, remind me to tell Jamie or our listeners about how flipping awful that, that final waiting area is before they send you in to design your car i loathe no other part of any attraction line at the walt disney world resort more than when they put your family of three on a very small dot in the floor and surround you 
by several hundred of your closest friends also on their own dots on the floor then make you stand there for a prolonged period of time until they finally open the cattle chute and let you in to design your car val hates that entire design your car and i do too i actually i thought you were taking that a slightly different route um i actually hate more than 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 the dots leading the leaving the design area that speaking of a cattle chute makes haunted mansions cattle chute look pleasurable we pick up anthony because we're afraid he's gonna get run over by people being idiots it's so that's a bad use and there it's there's so many people and they have to really cut it down so quickly because that ramp area is so small I, i that's just a bad speaking of design choices that's a bad design choice and yesterday i don't know what happened because in the literally hundreds of times you've been in that attraction i've never seen this when the doors opened there were still wall-to-wall people so a cast member had to excuse himself through us and get people to fill like every small centimeter of the room to then shove my room of people in i don't know why they didn't just keep it as the current or, or the former pre-show area they could have put touch screens in there and not have to do the whole redesign it's so, so bizarre um but actually i funny speaking of the seas i actually saw a picture of what it looked like when it was the living seas you know before the nemo took over and that uh the first ramp area was actually really cool it had a lot of different you know under the sea nautical type exploration equipment mm. um and uh, so much even better than that certainly better than that area is now but i don't know what happened you know after that but yeah for this one it's it's a clear frozen ever after it's just so funny to me because for the other parks it's been a serious discussion it hasn't been like oh yeah home run it's this one until we get sapcon then it's like oh yeah definitely frozen overseas well i think it says something i mean speaking in generality clearly epcot I think we've decided has the worst cues. Yeah. I mean, if we have this little discussion in terms of our final uh, round of that bracket, that's craziness. All right. So Andrew has rejoined us, which is good because we have a tie that we need you to break. Do you want us to each make our final arguments or do you want no arguments, no discussion of who won it what? And you know, well, let's do, yeah, let's do no arguments. So Andrew doesn't know who said what. Okay, so it is um, Hollywood Studios. It is Toy Story Movie Mania versus Tower of Terror Q up until pre-show. He's making a face, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Toy Story! <laughs> All right. Clearly I was, out, I was evidently outvoted three to one here, there. Come talk Theme, Theming-wise, they both go amazing with what the ride is and what it's supposed to be but I, just if you're going just what the what the the queue line is tower of terror is just a, a courtyard with trees and bushes and it winds around and does this and does that and then i said to donna when you guys talked about this a few weeks ago like once you go inside like tower of terror before they you know you get the tap in if you're you've got lightning lane or something before they send you to the pre-show areas you've got that big wide open lobby and they use like a fifth of that lobby like 
the line should go through the lobby a little more. Like I'd want to see more of what that lobby looks like. Whereas Toy Story, like you've got we had that Uno conversation cards, while you were upstairs. You know? Okay, yeah, you've got the Uno cards, you've got Mr. Potato Head, you've got the Edge Sketch. Like it just to me between the two of them, it's no contest. Oh, no contest. I think this was set up ahead of time. Oh, okay. All right, so our final four comes down to winner of the Magic Kingdom bracket, Pirates of the Caribbean. Winner of Disney's Animal Kingdom bracket, Expedition Everest. Winner of the Hollywood Studios bracket, Toy Story Mania. And the winner of the Epcot bracket, Frozen Ever After. So I balanced um, Magic Kingdom to do, um, excuse me, Magic Kingdom versus Animal Kingdom. So to get into the championship round, Donna, in the fi- we are in the final four, Pirates of the Caribbean versus Expedition Everest. A one seed for Everest versus a seven seeded, seventh seeded Pirates of the Caribbean. This one is closer than some other matchups, but for me, I have to go Everest. This for me is an easier decision than the Everest Flight of Passage decision. I think it's Everest, and I don't want to take anything away from Pirates because it is cool. Um, But, I mean, Everest, you're just completely enveloped in different things to look at. You know, we talked about that first overhang room in Pirates is just essentially glorified switchbacks. Um, I guess you can't call it a room, but that area. Um, yeah, for for me, it's it's clearly Everest based on this matchup. Yeah, I can't argue that, and it's so funny because, I mean, first of all, Anthony's just started riding Everest, so we haven't done it a ton. And second of all, you know, when we were doing it, we were going through it pretty quickly because of um, you know, the physical distancing and and things like that. And you know, we haven't been on it since the crowds have really really come up, so we haven't really walked slowly through the standby line so i haven't had the chance to really enjoy it as of late but i do very well remember waiting an hour for that attraction and it not feeling like it yeah no there's there's a lot of things a lot of cool things to uh to look at there so all right very good so our other matchup to get into the championship we have toy story mania versus frozen ever after Jamie, I said it a couple minutes ago. I'll say it again. It's, it's it's Toy Story Mania. It's Toy Story Mania, the top for me. It's I think it's the best queue on Disney property. <sighs> um, I almost feel like the Frozen queue compared to Toy Story Mania isn't long enough. Fair. Like it's it's basically that. I mean, yeah, you do have that kind of uh, one small room off to the left when you first mm-hmm. enter Frozen. But after that, it's really just that that main area. Um, yeah, I mean, comparing these two, for me, I would agree it's, it's going to be Toy Story Mania. Let me ask you this, though. If Tower of Terror had won the Hollywood Studios bracket, what's your vote? Tower. Is it Tower? Yeah, I was just curious. It would have been closer for me, but still Tower. All right, so in our 2022 championship bracket, the finals, 
We have Toy Story Mania versus Expedition Everest. And I think this is perfect because these are the best two on property. I don't think we buffed this up. I don't think that this was a mistake or or a weird, you know, earlier matchup that caused a, a good one to get bumped. I think these are the top two on property, honest to goodness, I do. The attention to detail is second to none. The experience from start to finish is just absolutely phenomenal for me. Toy Story Mania. It's an interesting matchup because it, one's very real is based mm. on real life and one's very cartoony so you know i'm trying to balance out what i actually like better um i mean we've talked about the mr potato head um which did you know the uh actress of mrs potato head the voice just recently died oh no yeah um the woman who was uh estelle costanza on seinfeld huh yeah so uh, anyways, um, so the animatronic is really cool. Uh, man, ever sets up the story so well, and there's so much cool real life stuff. Uh, this one, tough one for me. I'm ultimately going to agree with you. I think uh, between these two, I will go with Toy Story Mania. It's fun. And I'm glad it's that fun. we agree because I think that for the championship, it's nice that we're on the same page. That this is, it's the best cue. It, honest to goodness, is. I don't know if it should have beaten Tower of Terror. I still stand by that decision. But very fun. I always enjoy the March March Madness tournaments. So, and you know what? I think with what you said about. Um, you know, we got the ones in the finals. I think, you know, a lot of that was also us not ranking it ourselves. Val mm. do that, I think, helped out a lot. No, that was good. Next, hey, Hold on. What? No. Andrew just pitched an idea for next year's tournament that I declined. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that off, off podcast, I guess. Oh, so anyway, please let us know what you guys think. See if you agree with me that we uh, we uh, had the best one there at the top of Toy Story Midway Mania. So during our two tournaments, we've had now Wilderness Lodge named Best Resort Hotel, which I will stand by that until the day I die, unless Agreed. they build something else that's, you know, for some reason ridiculously cool. Um, and then Toy Story Midway Mania is Best queue, and that attraction's certainly been around a while, and there's certainly been uh, many other attractions built afterward that for us, have not uh, not been able to, to beat Toy Story Midway Mania. So we shall see what next year brings, Jamie. I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys, as always, for listening. Next week, we will be discussing our one of our new favorite segments, which is our Crystal Ball. Lots to talk about there because there have fortunately been announcements that things are coming back that we're super, super excited to kind of take take a look at and see how Jamie and I did with our predictions and also make some predictions for a few more pieces that we truly, truly hope will be coming back sooner rather than later. Again, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you real soon. <laughs>